And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Verse 3, you eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the beasts of the field. When they were scattered, my sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth. And no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely, because my flock became a prey. And my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths, that they may no longer be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out, as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep. So will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and in the valleys and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. And I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away, bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. And as for you, O my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I shall judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and goats. Is it too little for you? to have eaten up the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the residue of your pasture and to have drunk of the clear waters that you must foul the residue with your feet? And as for my flock, they eat what you have trampled with your feet and they drink what you have fouled with your feet. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, behold, I myself will judge between the, the fat and the lean sheep because you have pushed with side and shoulder, butted all the weak ones with your horns and scattered them abroad. Therefore, I will save my flock and they shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will establish one shepherd over them and he shall feed them. My servant David, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken 
I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause wild beasts to cease from the land and they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing and I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. Then the trees of the field shall yield their fruit and the earth shall yield her increase. They shall be safe in their land and they shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslave them. And they shall no longer be a prey for the nations, nor shall beasts of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely, and no one shall make them afraid. I will raise up for them a garden of renown, and they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land, nor bear the shame of the Gentiles any more. Thus they shall know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them, and they, the house of Israel, are my people, says the Lord God. You are my flock, the flock of my pasture. You are men, and I am your God, says the Lord God. So far, the reading of God's holy word. One of the most frequently used metaphors for spiritual leadership is that of a shepherd. A shepherd who tends God's flock. God is the true shepherd. Elders and pastors are called shepherds, and deacons are those who assist in shepherding responsibilities. The word pastor means shepherd. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesian elders, Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. To shepherd the church of God. In 1 Peter 5, we read, The elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd feeds, leads, protects, nurtures, comforts, and corrects. Those who are appointed as shepherds of God's flock have an important task. It is both a great privilege and a huge responsibility. In our scripture reading, we have a whole chapter that is devoted to the theme of shepherding. 31 verses in which the Lord highlights this important work. This chapter describes for us the sad situation in Israel that led to the Babylonian exile and the scattering of God's flock. But it goes on to predict some wonderful blessings in the future for the true Israel, for those who trust and follow the good shepherd. As we survey this chapter, I want us to unpackage three things. Number one, the false shepherds of Israel. Number two, the true shepherd of Israel. And number three, the Davidic shepherd of Israel. False shepherds, false shepherds. The first 10 verses of this chapter contain some very harsh words for the leaders of Israel. 
They had neglected their responsibility. When Ezekiel penned these words, the Israel were at an all-time low. Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Babylonians. The temple leveled. Many Israelites led as captives to Babylon, and there seemed to be very little optimism for the future. The Israelites in Babylon were greatly discouraged. Many of them must have cried themselves to sleep at night because of the terrible, terrible hopelessness. Their homes were destroyed, their families broken up, their city a heap of rubble, and their beautiful temple consumed. They were no longer a self-governing nation under the favor of God. Everything seemed to indicate that there was no future for them whatsoever. Now, brothers and sisters, what was it that led up to those dark, difficult, dreary days? How do they end up in this mess? Many reasons could be given, but one of them is clearly stated in this chapter. Unfaithful leadership. Look with me, please, in your Bibles to verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Who are the shepherds? Well, they are the kings and all those in positions of spiritual leadership. Those who should have been strong in faith, who should have guarded the nation like a flock, who should have pointed the people to the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who should have proclaimed the promises of the gospel, they were corrupt. Keep reading with me at verse 2. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Verse 3, you eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The leaders in Israel were self-centered men who put their own interests above those of God's flock. Instead of protecting the sheep, they exploited them. As far as godly leadership was concerned, they were a dismal failure. They loved themselves. They loved pleasure and luxury, but they did not love God's covenant people. They enjoyed the privileges and benefits of leadership, but they did not faithfully take up the responsibilities. Verse 4 tells us that genuine love was absent. The weak were not strengthened, the sick were not cared for, the broken were not bound up, and the wandering were not brought back. In other words, the shepherds had ceased to be shepherds. They did not lead the people with the pure word of the Lord. They ruled for their own, with own selfish advantage. Because the word of God and the gospel of Christ were not central to their leadership, the sheep became confused and miserable and did not lead God-centered lives. They went off in all directions and did not live for God's glory. Verse 5 says, have a look there, verse 5. They were scattered because there was no shepherd, and it became food for all the beasts of the field. Verse 6, my sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. 
The rulers in Israel were not concerned about the well-being of God's people. Instead of using their God-given position and authority to bless the nation, they used their authority to advance themselves. It's been pointed out that of 43 kings from 1051 B.C. to 586 B.C., only David, Hezekiah, and Josiah were solidly, consistently loyal to God in their leadership of the nation. Eight or nine of the other 40 did some good, while the majority were unfaithful. Congregation, these verses should cause all of us who lead the church to do some serious self-examination. Are we ensuring that the Word of God is front and center? Are we ensuring that the sheep of God are fed, challenged, strengthened, restored, and protected by the Word? When the sheep are hungry, they must be fed. When they are weak and sick, they must be cared for. When they wander into dangerous places, they must be protected from the beasts of the field. When they love the things of the world, they must be shown the glory and the supremacy of Christ. Office bearers in the church must use Scripture to guide the flock. It is through the milk and meat of the Word that God's people grow. It's through the nourishment of the gospel that the weak are strengthened, the sick are healed, and the wandering are brought back. When office bearers are not chiefly men of God's Word, ensuring the centrality of the gospel in the church, the sheep of God become weak, sick, confused, and wayward. They become food for demonic beasts. It is incredibly sad that in many churches today there are shepherds, pastors, and elders who are not fully committed to the inerrancy and infallibility of the Scriptures. They do not wholeheartedly believe the Bible every single word. A number of years ago, Dr. James Montgomery Boyce, then pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, was speaking at a gathering of leaders in a mainline denomination. When he concluded his message, there was a question and answer period. One man stood up who was a professor in one of the theological seminaries. He disagreed with virtually everything Dr. Boyce had said. Don't you know, said the professor, that every one of the Gospels was written to contradict the other Gospels? Also, in the course of his address, Dr. Boyce had said that Jesus was going to come again. This professor said, we have got to get it into our heads that Jesus is never coming back and all things are going to continue as they have from the beginning. This professor was teaching error and unbelief to the new ministers of the seminary. He was shaking their confidence in the word and training shepherds to mislead the flock of the Lord. A friend of Dr. Boyce, who had worked for Renewal in that same denomination, was once rebuked by a liberal minister. Why are you always quoting the Bible when you stand up to argue a point? Don't you know that nobody believes the Bible anymore? Shepherds of God's flock who don't believe the Bible. Robert Bratcher 
A main translator of the Good News for Modern Man Bible gave a seminar in which he said this, I quote, Only willful ignorance or intellectual dishonesty can account for the claim that the Bible is inerrant and infallible. No truth-loving, God-respecting, Christ-honoring believer should be guilty of such heresy. To invest the Bible with the qualities of inerrancy and infallibility is to idolatrize it, to transform it into a false god. He went on to say, I quote again, Often in the past, and still too often in the present, to affirm that the Bible is the Word of God implies that the words of the Bible are the words of God. Such simplistic and absolute terms divest the Bible altogether of its humanity and remove it from the relativism of the historical process. Now listen, no one seriously claims that all the words of the Bible are the very words of God. No one seriously claims that all the words of the Bible are the very words of God. Can you believe that he would say such a thing? A a translator, a translator. He doesn't believe inerrancy. He doesn't believe the Bible's infallible or that the words of the Bible are the words of God. In fact, he says that those who believe such things are guilty of heresy. Brothers and sisters, how can such men lead the flock of God? They are false shepherds. Elders and pastors who don't believe the Bible have little to offer the sheep. They give them psychology, philosophy, wisdom of men, cute stories. But they give them nothing to truly heal their wounds, cure their sicknesses, satisfy their hunger, or to strengthen the weak. We need leaders today who say without compromise, thus says the Lord. We need those who are completely committed to God's truth and willing to labor diligently to communicate it to the needy, to communicate it to broken sinners. The sheep of the Lord don't need pop psychology, human wisdom, or a preacher's opinion. They need food from God, manna from heaven. If they don't receive it, they will wander off to other fields or suffer starvation. Those who do not feed the flock with solid biblical truth are unfit to be shepherds. In verse 10 of Ezekiel 34, the Lord said, Because you have neglected my flock, and left them as food for the beasts of the field, because you fed yourselves and did not feed the sheep. Therefore, verse 10, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. Verse 10, it goes on to say, I will remove the unfaithful shepherds. Brothers and sisters, for a leader in the church, there is nothing more terrible than to have God against you. Behold, I am against the shepherds. As elders, pastors, and deacons, we must heed the warning. Because the shepherds in Israel were unfaithful, the people were robbed of the gospel, God's message of grace and redemption was silenced. 
The shepherds did not reflect in their words nor in their conduct the character of the promised Messiah. They did not reveal His love, grace, holiness, justice, wrath, or compassion, and the people wondered. Congregation, may God give to the leadership of this church a true, genuine heart for God, for Christ, genuine zeal for His glory, an unshakable trust in God's infallible Word, and a sincere love for His shape. Through your prayers, through your prayers, through your words of encouragement and support, may the Lord make us true shepherds who exalt the Savior in the midst of his people. May it never be said of the men of this church, behold, I am against the shepherds. Then notice secondly from this passage, the true shepherd of Israel. Ezekiel not only condemned the false shepherds, but he also spoke of the true shepherd. Follow along, please, at verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. Verse 12, as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. The Lord said, I'm going to depose the false shepherds and I'm going to rescue the sheep myself. I'm not going to leave them all in their misery or let them all perish. I will seek them out myself to deliver them. Brothers and sisters, in the book of Ezekiel, we hear the thundering of God's judgment over and over and over again. The thunder of his wrath, the thunderclaps of his dreadful fury. But here, here we have a beautiful and comforting message. God said, I will shepherd my people. I will seek them out. I will find them. I will rescue them from darkness. Verse 13 says, I will bring them to their own land. Verse 14, I will feed them in good pasture. Verse 16, I will bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. The false shepherds of Israel showed no love, care, or compassion. But God, the true shepherd of Israel, is filled, overflowing with love. He's willing to gather, guide, comfort, heal, and protect. We are reminded here of that well-loved 23rd Psalm. Maybe your mind has gone there already. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. The Lord is a faithful, kind, protective shepherd. He graciously goes after wandering sinners and brings them back into the fold. He binds up the injured, strengthens the weak, feeds the hungry, seeks the lost. He sees to it that his sheep have a good place to eat and rest. In verses 11 to 16, we see the compassionate and tender heart of God for his sheep. Since the prophets, priests, and kings, the spiritual leaders of Israel failed miserably, God said, I will remove the under-shepherds and I will be their shepherd. But notice, brothers and sisters, 
that the Lord is not ready to receive them all, right? The Lord is not ready to receive them all. There are some within the flock whom He rejects, some who do not experience the tender love of the shepherd. Go to verse 17. And as for you, O my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I shall judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and goats. And the following verses go on to describe how some within Israel had oppressed others. The stronger had taken advantage of the weaker. The oppressors in Israel are compared to sheep who push their fellow sheep aside to eat up the good pasture. And after eating their fill, they trample what is left so that others have nothing. They're also compared to sheep that drink of a, a, the clear waters of a stream. And then after drinking, they stir up the mud to make the water undrinkable for the other sheep. There were those in Israel who thought only about themselves. They had no concern whatsoever for the welfare of their neighbors. They were greedy, selfish, self-centered people just like the ungodly shepherds. Verse 21 says, You have pushed with side and shoulder, butted all the weak ones with your horns, and scattered them abroad. There were Israelites who sinfully bullied their fellow Israelites. Like their leaders, they showed no love, care, compassion, or tenderness. Like their shepherds, they had no understanding of grace, no love for God, and consequently, no love for their neighbor. They trampled the pasture lands, muddied the streams, and butted the weak sheep with their horns. Well, brothers and sisters, in both the Old and the New Testament, God commands His covenant people to love one another, right? Leviticus 19, 17, you shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In the New Testament, we read 1 John 3, 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. He who loves his brother abides in the light. When God's covenant people treat one another with cruelty or contempt, their actions reveal that they are yet in darkness. They have not passed from death to life. In this chapter, God shows great mercy to the weak, the sick, the broken, the weary, and the hungry. But the, the true shepherd the true shepherd of the flock shows no mercy for the bullying, loveless, self-centered, unmerciful sheep. He is kind, gracious, and loving to those who are cast down, but he shows no kindness to those who push and shove their neighbor for the sake of their own greedy ambitions. God commands the sheep to love one another and to demonstrate to one another his love for them. Knowing the compassion of the shepherd, the sheep must show compassion for one another. That was important for Israel, and it also applies to us today. And so this chapter contains a warning, not only for the shepherds, but also for the sheep. 
Professing Christians are commanded to love one another, showing to one another the love of the true shepherd. And then these verses go on from the false shepherds and the true shepherd to the Davidic shepherd of Israel. I love this, the Davidic shepherd of Israel. Please follow along in verse 23. I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, my servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, what's the Lord saying here? Is David going to be resurrected? Is David, that great king, going to return to rule over Israel? No, brothers and sisters, there's something far greater here. In verses 11 to 16, the Lord said, I will be your shepherd. Then in verse 23, he says, David will be your shepherd. There is no contradiction, for the Davidic shepherd is the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 23 is a prophecy of Jesus. In verses 11 to 16, God is the shepherd. In verse 23, Jesus is the shepherd. There's no contradiction for Jesus is God. What we have here is a prophecy concerning the one who would later say what? I am the good shepherd. In John's gospel, Jesus is called the good shepherd. In Peter's epistle, he's called the chief shepherd. And the author of Hebrews called him the great shepherd. Many of the shepherds in Israel had failed miserably. Their failure pointed to the need for someone greater who would not fail. They needed a better king, a righteous king, a new David. David was the greatest king ever to rule over Israel. Under his leadership, the nation was blessed spiritually and materially. The kingdom expanded and the people prospered. But here in Ezekiel, the Lord spoke of a greater David. One who would be the ideal shepherd, the perfect shepherd king. Notice, congregation, the blessings promised in verses 25 to 31. Through the new David, God's people will be able to live in peace and security. Verse 25 says, have a look. Verse 25 says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause wild beasts to cease from the land, and they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. Verse 26, I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing, and I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. Brothers and sisters, this is not merely describing an earthly kingdom. These verses look forward to the new creation, the eternal kingdom of Christ. The complete fulfillment will only be realized in the new heaven and the new earth. At the time of Ezekiel, the people of God were suffering because of their sin and because of ungodly leadership. But in these encouraging verses, we read of showers of blessing. 
the Lord announced that through the Davidic shepherd, there will be peace, security, and happiness. Instead of tears of sorrow, there will be showers of blessing. The kingdom of the new David is described here as a place of perfect harmony. No wild beasts, verse 25. They can dwell in the wilderness and sleep in the woods, verse 25. Showers, verse 26. Fruit-bearing trees, verse 27. Deliverance from enemies, verse 27. No fear or hunger, verses 28 and 29. Dwelling with God, verse 30. The assurance of His covenant love, verse 31. These verses describe the blessings for the true Israel of God, for those who are bought and redeemed through Jesus Christ. This is a description, dear friends, of our promised land. Not an earthly, but a heavenly Canaan. In the words of Revelation 21, verse 4, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, and there will be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. When our Lord Jesus came into this world, he said, I am the good shepherd. And then he went on to say, the good shepherd, what? Gives his life for the sheep. Jesus sacrificed himself to save his sheep. He allowed himself to be slaughtered, crucified in the place of sinful, smelly, stubborn sheep. The shepherds at the time of Jesus were just like the shepherds at the time of Ezekiel, false shepherds who cared only about themselves. The priests and teachers of the law did not feed God's flock. They did not strengthen the weak, heal the sick, bind up the broken, seek the lost, proclaim the gospel of grace, and point their people to the good shepherd. They merely demanded obedience to their rules. And they allowed the sheep to wander aimlessly and to be scattered. But Jesus came to shepherd them. He came to gather the sheep and to lead, feed, and protect the flock. He proclaimed the gospel, ministered to the needy, cared for the weak, showed compassion for the afflicted, preached forgiveness, and finally laid down his life for the sheep. Through his life, suffering, death, resurrection, and ascension, he paid the penalty for his sheep and earned the right to restore paradise, as it were. All the sheep of God, all who are redeemed through the good shepherd, may look forward to paradise restored. A new creation where there are showers of blessing, green pasture, still waters, paths of righteousness. Congregation, these great promises were not only for the nation of Israel who suffered in captivity. These promises are for all who trust the Good Shepherd. Have you trusted Him? Are you trusting Him? 
Is He your Savior? He promises, He promises free and full forgiveness to all who put their faith in Him. He's a loving, gracious, and tender shepherd. The day is coming when the true sheep of God will celebrate in safety under the rule of the shepherd king, the new David, Jesus Christ. Never again will God's people be sheep without a shepherd. Never again will the flock be neglected. Never again will enemies attack and devour them. Never again will they be consumed with hunger or enslaved. You see, brothers and sisters, verses 23 to 31 can only be describing the kingdom of Christ and its final form. It is an eternal kingdom of peace and prosperity. All who believe the promises of God and put their trust in the Davidic shepherd are assured of everlasting security. Those who are appointed as shepherds in the church today have a task to direct God's people to this good shepherd. We are to call the covenant people of God to put their faith and trust in God's servant, David. We are to remind and encourage the sheep with the promises of blessing, showers of blessing for the redeemed. When the sheep become weary, weak, and discouraged by the many disappointments and pains of life, it is the task of office bearers to redirect their thoughts and to remind them of the great love of the shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. The shepherd who is now preparing a place for them in his eternal kingdom. Congregation for the believing captives in Babylon, these words must have been a great encouragement. Although they were suffering and although Jerusalem lay in ruins, the Lord set before them a wonderful assurance of restoration through the great son of David. And brothers and sisters, these words should be a true source of encouragement to you as well. We are living, as you know, in a country where Christian values are constantly being eroded and where there is increasing hostility to the Bible and to the law of God. The leaders of our nation have been taking us on a course that can only lead to destruction. Canada has become a land where virtually everything is tolerated except biblical absolutes. Sin is acceptable and immorality is redefined. And tragically, many of the churches in our land have embraced the values of the world and no longer base their decisions on the unchanging word of God. Through apostate shepherds, many sheep are fed lies. They are deceived and misled. In many churches, the law and the gospel are not clearly and uncompromisingly proclaimed. Evolution is accepted. Sexual perversion is justified. Same-sex marriage is approved by church leaders, even though it is clearly prohibited by Scripture as contrary to God's design. Abortion, euthanasia, and so on are approved by some who call themselves shepherds of the flock. Dear friends, in the midst of this tragic disobedience and lies and chaos, we may be encouraged by the promise that the good shepherd is coming. The good shepherd is coming. He will destroy all evil shepherds. 
and he will establish his kingdom of perfect righteousness. As you look around you and see so much evil in our nation and in our world, remember, David is coming. David is coming. I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. My servant David, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. Yes, there may be much darkness in our world today and even in the church. But when the Lord Jesus returns, the darkness will be driven away and David will shepherd his people such that all his sheep will be drenched with showers of blessing. Congregation, until David comes, may God use elders, deacons, and pastors to faithfully shepherd the church of God and to show you the character and unfailing love of the great David. And may he use the leadership here at Bethel to encourage his flock by reminding you of the joys of his eternal kingdom. The hymn writer said, there is the throne of David, and there from care released, the song of them that triumph, the shout of them that feast, and they who with their leader have conquered in the fight forever and forever are clad in robes of white. David is coming. Our shepherd is coming. And all who have trusted in him will be forever released from the cares of this life. When David returns, he shall be worshipped and glorified, and his sheep will be eternally satisfied, secure in him. May the leadership here lead us to David, the true and faithful shepherd king. Let us pray. Lord, our God, how we pray that the Good Shepherd would be lifted up here in this place. Lifted up not only by the leaders here, the office bearers whom you have chosen, but may the Good Shepherd be loved and trusted and honored by all the members of this church. Lord, we pray that each one of us here would be ready for the coming of David, the great David. And having trusted in the blood of the cross, that we can rejoice forevermore under his righteous reign, showers of blessing that will come upon the redeemed. We read these words, our minds travel quickly to the book of Revelation. Oh Lord, where we hear those wonderful words, there be no sorrow, no tears, no death, no pain, 
that we will live fully satisfied under the rule of the greater David. So we pray, Lord, that all of us here may have our hearts fixed on Him, our affections upon Him, and that He will be glorified in our midst. And, O oh Lord, would You continue to bless the leadership of our churches and also in specifically the leadership right here at Bethel, that your, your people will be wonderfully encouraged as Christ is exalted, as the gospel is set forth. So may your people hear the voice of the great shepherd of the sheep through the shepherds of this congregation. So strengthen us, encourage us, build us up, fill us with that great hope and anticipation of the coming of the true David. And as we face the trials and struggles and challenges again tomorrow, as we go off into the workforce, as we listen to the news, as we try to sift it out and assess it all, Lord, ultimately, may we not be discouraged, but may we lift up our hearts to the one who is altogether righteous and loving and caring. We thank you for the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus in which we catch a glimpse of what we will experience eternally. Receive our thanks, humble our hearts, fill your people with the joy of Christ. In his name we pray, amen.